And your last name's Farley. <laughs> yes, you can say it quicker yeah, than that. Farley. Farley. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was... Not Farley. No, yeah. yeah. Perhaps. It's not Farley. For, for Harley or anything. For Harley? It's no. not for Harley either. Bailey? No. Farley. <laughs> no. Okay, just making sure I don't want to don't want to stitch you up on the thing. Shit, what's your name, Zoe? Yeah. yeah. Who are you? Who are you? Yeah. Why are you here? That would have been funnier to do halfway through. <laughs> Hello, my name's Cameron. And I'm Shanara. And welcome back to the Homework Club. We are joined today by our very special guest, Daniel Farley. Hi, nice to be here. Uh, he is a friend of mine from volleyball who is also a movie buff. We pretty much every social event that we've ever been to sort of breaks down to you and I in some corner just like discussing movies. Yeah, like, it, it, it's an inevitable part yeah. of the evening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, dude, you got to go on the podcast. And you're like, sweet. So we're, here we are. We invited our guest to pick a movie and he picked Ghostbusters because he said it does exactly what you expect it to do. And so he said, okay, what other movies do what they say on the tin? And we thought, you know, a good franchise example is like um, Fast and the Furious. So we're going to pick the Fast and the Furious, but we realized that it wasn't very good to talk in depth about. So we picked something that has a little bit more substance and a bit more background and mm-hmm. stuff. So we picked our second movie to be Machete. Or how does he say it? Machete. 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 Um, so we're going to start with Ghostbusters. Dan. Oh, hang on. You're going to do the... Uh, yeah, I'll do the numbers very, the numbers very quickly. The interesting parts that everyone uh-huh, yeah, listens the, to. The bit that everyone's yeah. waiting yeah. for. Cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> Ghostbusters, directed by Ivan Reitman, um, written by Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis, who were also two of the main characters in the film as well. They played Ray and... What was... Um, Egon Spengler. Egon right? Spengler. He is so hot. He's so like, hot. He's so, like, <laughs> he collects intelligent. And he's just <laughs> intelligent, right? Um... 1984. The budget of this film was actually quite high. It was 30 million mm. roundabout. Opening weekend though, on 10th of June, they did 13 million 612,564. Good. Then they grossed 238 wow. million, and worldwide 291.6 million, which is good. That's really yeah, good. really, yeah. really good. And obviously, they made a franchise out of it as well with the yeah. second film and the cartoons, which I grew up with. The cartoons, love the cartoons, yeah. and the, like, oh, and the toys and like everything. Mm. It just became a proper. Do you have the like, legacy, the, the, the house, the the, like the fire engine with the gl- with then you can dump the slime through the? Top. No, my mate was just no because we weren't you like you know shit and gold coins, man. Like, you know, <laughs> that's what the cool kids had. <laughs> that was like the, yeah, like the <laughs> ultimate toy set you could get. Surely that was like the oh, one. Oh, the Ghostbuster pack with the trap that opened with a puff of air. <laughs> you plunge on the foot pedal and air would shoot up the tube. No and open way. the trap door. Yeah. <laughs> it was the coolest thing. I kind of need you to leave my house. Yeah. <laughs> just get out, please. Cool, so this was one of your absolute favourite films. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I love it dearly. Um, just because it's just an entertaining but also scary there's moments for everybody which really freak people out mm, Harold yeah. Ramis said he had to explain to his small boy that the the um, the terror dog I think they're called mm. he said oh no that's not CGI that's a, that's real and he meant that it's a model yeah. and his son went <laughs> his son was terrified no no it's about that big it's a small model it's not a real thing but everyone got scared with, with something usually yeah. the opening scenes like you 
it's New York, it's the library, the scary music, mm. yeah, yeah. and then this light and the scream and the librarian woman who turns into this evil skeleton. And then it immediately turns into jazz tunes. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, ah, I've frightened you, and now you can relax. That's it. It kind of totally put that spin on it with all of them being a little bit funny. Yeah, they're all a mm. bit quirky. Like, like um, all the ghosts sort of, yeah, had like a, a comedic twist to them all. Yeah, and they, they all sort of fit. So, um, this links back slightly to one of your previous podcasts with the musicals and Blues Brothers because yeah. um, Dan Aykroyd was originally going to write this for mm. him and John Belushi and the idea was them to sort of crisscross dimensions hunting evil ghosts but the budget they were looking at would have been millions upon millions because they would have been creating <laughs> a new world everywhere they went and then sadly John Belushi dies and Aykroyd doesn't want to give up the idea because mm. he loves the paranormal he is just uber into anything paranormal so he, Reitman and uh, Ramis, Howard Ramis, mm. all lock themselves away somewhere in Martha's Vineyard and work on this script. And the idea just comes to them. It's like, what if the ghosts come to New York? So we don't have to travel. They all come to America. What happens to ghosts in New York? Well, they're a pest. So I need someone <laughs> to get rid of them. So they form a, a pest control yeah, agency, yeah. basically. Yeah. Exterminators. Exterminators. And they got that l- lovely little advert where Harold Ramis looks down really, really sharply to spot his mark on the floor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, and and it just goes from there. The Well, if this is true, what will now be true about how this works? It's the EPA are going to investigate them because yeah. they're clearly weird and no one would trust them. Uh, that they have to be quirky to start with um, and that they have to do strange things in order to make it work like getting a third mortgage on yeah. Ray's yeah. house <laughs> everyone does it it's everyone, fine it's, everyone's doing it everyone fine but Ray for your information the interest alone is 95000 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and it's just this horrific start where they're kicked out of university yeah um, well they were you know they were doing some unethical experiments at university certainly Peter Venk yeah. was he sets up his character perfectly yeah, it's a great study in, in um, introduction to characters yep. where yeah. uh, the first thing you learn about Peter is he's more than willing to fake results in order to get a date with a girl <laughs> he's such Ray, a creeper. and Ray is so stupidly enthusiastic mm. and then Harold Ramis when he turns up in the library is um, incredibly hot incredibly hot <laughs> of course the love story between him and Janine in the first movie <laughs> is an unrequited love too is just so good he's got that great entrance coming out from underneath the desk do you remember that yeah. scene where yeah. if there's any calls Janine you know I'll be in my office and then he's Peter Bimman sits down and then Harold Ramis comes up from under the desk <laughs> <laughs> so it's just so funny and so well put together um, he passed away recently didn't he well in 2014 Harold yeah. Ramis, yeah. Ramis that, was, yeah. Um, that was really quite sad yeah. I've only ever known him from this but it was still mm. like oh man, him and uh, Aykroyd and Bill Murray, Ramis and Murray were big, big collaborators. Mm. Yeah. Um, they fell out during the making of um, Groundhog Day, really, which yeah, is they, a Ramis they, movie. Yeah, they wrote it. Together. Yeah, yeah. They had a falling out. Mm. They had a massive falling out. During what was it the about? Do you know? I can't remember. Um, Just make something up. Make it up. <laughs> make it, up. <laughs> it was um, basically that he said that I had to be on the set the same time every day, and Ramis said that was kind of the point of the movie. You were believing it. Yeah, right? I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, I had you. I had you. <laughs> um, I, I honestly can't remember what it was, but there was a touching moment mm. when um, they gave him a posthumous tribute mm. at, I can't remember which award ceremony, but um, Bill Murray 
took it upon himself to say we are also mm. nominating Harold Ramis for and then listed all the movies that they worked together. The Writers Guild uh, of America gave him um award as well. It, yeah. Yeah. And he gets a little so. tribute in the new Gusta Ghostbusters mm. movie if you can spot yeah. him, look out for a little bust on a shelf somewhere uh, for anyone who hasn't seen it. It's uh it's funny cuz you know, I guess he's maybe well more well known as a writer than an actor. He is, he was, but he was so good in these two mo- in these movies. He was so funny. His like comedic timing and stuff was spot on. Well, I see him as a, a Richard Ayoade. Yeah, yeah. His day in that the, the writers that, and the directors just yeah. went. No, I don't want you to act. I just kind of want you to be you. <laughs> just um, be your gawky nerdy self. Yeah, and just come on and do that, please. Yeah. Um, he's a good in between between um, Ray and um, Stephen. What's his name? Sorry. Uh, Bill Murray's character Bill Murray's character uh, Peter Venkman Peter that's it because um, Peter's obviously quite sarcastic and mean but you know he's quite funny as well and Ray's so enthusiastic and he's so just that yeah. middle kind of like kind of like a I don't know like a calming board like well, they, a, yeah. they, they set that up very very liberally um, if you've ever gone back and listened to the DVD commentary which I highly recommend <laughs> you do because it's absolutely brilliant they talk about giving each of them a particular um uh, feeling for each character mm. so Peter's the comedy um, Egon Spengler's the brains and Ray is the heart mm. and yeah. that is how the characters come across and that is very very deliberate choices to that's do cool. that that's uh, cool one of my favourite moments is how Winston gets hired Winston when Janine's, so Janine's like oh so he's come to um, apply for the job okay that's fine you're hired you're like, hired yeah, come, in, come in come in what does he say I've seen shit that would turn you white oh, it's one of the best lines at the end of that movie it's so good that end of the movie I, I'm going to read say, tell you this little one now because it's just genius um, that leads to them at the end of the movie getting the police escort yeah. to the building yeah, yeah. and everything right to do that they basically shut down part of central New York and there was blockades everywhere and there was um, uh, police cordoning it all off and everything was chaos and just it just happened that Isaac Asimov the science fiction writer was passing through no way Dan Aykroyd saw him and was like I've got to say hello. He said, hi, I'm Dan Aykroyd. I'm working on this movie. I'm a huge fan. And Asimov said, oh, you're the reason everything's completely... (laughs) (laughs) Pissed off one of his idols. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Just completely, completely pissed him off. Um, So yeah, that was just... Everything just came together for the movie. Uh, They they said that they'd had a hit um, uh, uh, a few weeks later when they started seeing all the... um, Merchandise, mm-hmm. as in yeah. the illegal merchandise. For listeners at home, I just made air quotations for no good reason. Um, and and they were like, "Oh wow, we this is yeah, going yeah. now." Um, and and it just it didn't it it touched everything. It was so successful. It just mm-hmm. got into every part of the culture. That like even the guy from um, uh, 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 the EPA, who's yeah. also the the news agent guy from Die Hard, mm-hmm. who always seems to get just the worst character. Yeah, so everybody good. hates. Everybody hates. Uh, even he was um, on the street. He, he met Ivan Reitman a, a number of months after the movie, and Ivan Reitman said, "I, I was meeting him, and I thought he was going to be really happy for the success of the movie. He was genuinely pissed off because <laughs> he said everybody hated him. Then. Everyone hated him. He said, I went past a busload of school kids. I waved at them, and they said, "Yo, Dickless." <laughs> I was saying, I was saying before you got here, I was yeah. saying that's sort of probably my favourite line. Yeah. Like, if Dickless here didn't shut off the grid, is this true? Yes, this man has no dick. <laughs> and that's the genius of casting Bill Murray. Yeah. Uh, he's another, he's another one that you just like, 
just wind him up and just let him go. Yeah. Just like set him, set him up. Like, okay, put Bill Murray in this scene. This is what's supposed to happen. And you do you. You yeah. do Bill Murray. And he With just... the crossing of the streams as well. And he was like, what? And then he was like, I love this idea. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> I'm excited. But that's, but that's another thing. Like you were saying how it's become so like, you know, it's weird because it was like a commercial success, but also kind of like a cult classic. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because Absolutely. people just got obsessed with it. But things like Don't Cross the Streams, people mm. still say that. Like, yeah. usually people do it when they're drunk and peeing together. Yeah. When guys are peeing at the same time, yeah, so Don't Cross the Streams. That's just as important. Yeah. <laughs> people say Don't Cross the Streams. That's how easy as well. But I feel like people say that not knowing where it comes from, not knowing that it's a Ghostbusters reference. People exactly. just say that. It's yeah. starting to get to that point where it is that far in the past. It's a bit like Back to the Future being mm. entirely set in the past yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. What you said about this film, like both of you, like it does exactly what it says in the tin. When they name it Ghostbusters and they're yeah. like, is it a bit too obvious? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's too about obvious. It's busting ghosts. Busting ghosts. Yeah. And it's like, this is it. it. It's, it's perfect. Um, when you mentioned as well, there's always a bit in the film that scares everyone. Yeah. Which was your scary point? Oh, uh, definitely the librarian at the beginning. Mm. That really had me because it's just you're just not ready for it. Um, you get a hint of what might be coming with the librarian when you don't see the evil ghost. Mm. That opening sequence is all all there. It's it, the, the budget at the time, 30 million. Mm. Most, there was a, some CGI and the, uh, you know decent money would have gone on that. But a lot of the effects were just them figuring out ways to do it. So yeah. in the beginning, there's books moving across the shelves. Mm. Books on a wire. That's yeah, all it is. Yeah, books cool. on a wire. Put a camera on it, film it. <laughs> The um, cards that come yeah. out of the drawer, that was a false wall. They built a cabinet, and on the cards all sat on a copper tubing with holes in it. Mm -hmm. And there's people behind that wall blowing, wow. and the cards then went into the air. So smart, isn't so it? Cool, yeah. So smart. So it's so simple, because there's no CGI. Mm. The actor can react to it, and yeah. it's just live. You just stick a mm. camera on it, and it works. What was your scary point? I don't know. <laughs> well, I've told you the story off. Mike, but <laughs> my scariest one. So I'm gonna I'm gonna include the second one in this. Mm -hmm. I when I was young, mm. I used to have baths. Like you know, when I was time oh, to wash, I when I was time, know where you're going. when I was time, when I was yeah. time for to get clean, I'd have a bath. And I loved a bath, and it was all fine. I watched Ghostbusters too, and there's that scene where they're running the bath, and then the water stops flowing, and the pink ooze comes yeah. out. That scared me so much, I couldn't have baths anymore. I like no joke. Probably a year or two until I could have a bath again because so that terrified me so much. No, I had to have showers. I, that was when that was when I started. That's when I went from baths to showers because I was too scared. That's like wow, bubble that's like deep. Bubble bath so, that's must like, have freaked you out. Oh my god, out. that was like deep. You know, <laughs> trauma. Trauma in my de like de de dev developmental years. Yes. it's clearly still serious shit yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was surprised because it's 1984 so it would have been out for 10 years when I first watched Ghostbusters yeah. and it was the best thing obviously Lion King obviously, obviously. and then Ghostbusters but yeah it, it was it was amazing the Empire you know Zool Zool still freaks me out like, Zool is proper freaky that, and that that, um, that scene where they're talking to the girl there is no Dana, only Zool. That was yeah. like, it that was, was pretty scary. Yeah. And then like, Sinori Weaver does such a good job of just like looking possessed. 
And growing up, like in a Muslim household, we believe in this. Shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, what? Oh, shit, man, it's going down. Possessed. Actually, I, that is, we have tragically failed to mention Sigourney Weave till now, so yeah. thank you. Because <laughs> and, and oh Rick my Moranis. God, she is so good. Yeah. We will come to Rick Moranis because I love him dearly. But Everything he, about him. He, um, Sigourney Weaver's performance in that, this is just after Alien. And um, on Say the it. yeah, it's, what it's a, just a after funny, Alien. What a weird time! Like, what a weird yeah. ju- jump. Uh, you know, it's yeah. weird jump, but almost not really, because it's kind of like. Well, I think it, I mean, again, on the DVD commentary, um, they talk about her um, really feeling like she wanted to try something else. Mm. She's done this movie where it's serious and where she has to be uh, the the badass, and she's still a badass in the movie, but she gets to really play, yeah, particularly yeah. when she gets possessed, mm. and that does lead to this my second scariest moment for me personally. But I think for a lot of other people, they're absolute scariest. When she comes home, she starts undressing from a hard day, sits down, yeah. and then the terror dog comes through. Yeah. The arms come out the chair, hold yeah, her into yeah, place. Yeah. She proper screams, goes into the kitchen, and you don't see her again yeah. as Dana yeah. until the end of the movie. And that freaked a lot of people out. Yeah, that's nothing, good, nothing better man. than an off-screen kind of. But you the, don't know what's happening. But like the build-up yeah. to that was really good. Mm. Like they got the guys around, and the eggs were like boiling on. The, you know, the eggs were cooking on the. Well, that was way earlier. Than yeah, eggs. that but was that was, thing, that was like, so good because it was like it was coming. Yeah, it, mm. it really like led up to that. And then the so. You know, she makes herself vulnerable because she's relaxing. Even the comic music has stopped by this point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There is no comic music. It's just stopped. It's you know, she's saying cheerio to her mum because she's like, "Oh, get off the phone, mum." And then the door, which is literally just rubber and a big hand being pushed against it, like again, easy special effects. And then the hands come out through the chair, hold her down. She can't scream. There's a big talk, (laughs) and in they go. And that's the start of. The oh. gatekeeper? The gatekeeper. Yeah, the she gate- was the gatekeeper. The, he, he was the, the key, master. key master. And so I loved it. I loved it though because you get these two people getting possessed yeah. at like the same time. Two very whatever. opposite people as but well. But <laughs> his possessed character was like super comical. Yeah. Like, like she was... Like, you know, scary, when he went yeah. over there, she was really scary because she's like free. And he's, she's like floating above the bed and all this stuff. It was like really properly scary. Not okay. But Rick Moranis okay. <laughs> was like totally goofy. He was just like walking around. Well, what I yes, what, have some. I always felt that the, that their possessions just <laughs> amplified their characters. Yeah. Because like there's a um, there's a tracking shot in in uh, in Ghostbusters and it's in the party. Yeah. Um, and that it's when party, he goes, by the way, we're talking so about funny. this. I wanted to go to that party. His, he looked awesome. It's so party. good, right? It's a good party. <laughs> and then that there's that being girl. She's like, oh, I'm gonna go. It's like, why are you leaving like, no, a great dance. party? Yeah. yeah. Let's dance instead. Moranis, legend, improv the whole thing. No, no. The whole scene. They just stuck a camera on him, went round, and he starts talking. You listen to, again, find the DVD commentary, because yeah. there's Ramis going, yeah, I'd like, oh, this is why I invited clients instead of friends, because I can make it tax deductible. Yeah. Reitman and Ramis are just like, oh, God, this is too good. And, oh, man, that's brilliant. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, and he's just, because he's comical all the way through, he's just so klutzy, he locks himself out. He yeah. clearly has a thing for Dana, who <laughs> indulges him a little and then keeps him at distance. And then when he becomes the key master, he's all uber um, klutzy, yeah. uber yeah. keen, overly excited, and talks to a horse briefly. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, that was another example of New York as the, the, the 
the character in the movie when he's attacked by the terror dog and all the people dining in New York see him just fall to the floor yeah. and then just immediately Go carry back to on Italy, with their yeah. dinner. That was a great scene. And it's just highlighting, like, this is New York. This is what happens. No one cares. And I just need someone to bust some ghosts for me. Uh, yeah, so it just felt like they amplified their characters. The Sigourney Weaver above yeah. the bed is old school magic. So again, mm. no CGI. That is them sticking at a camera on the scene. Um, apparently Bill Murray also improvised a great deal of his stuff in this yeah. movie. Imagine, yeah. But um, according to Ramis on the movie said, um, when the line was good, he knew to follow it. Yeah. So the, um, the do you want this body? Is this a trick question? <laughs> <It's> apparently <laughs> <a lie. laughs> I like it when um, she opens the door and she's like, are you the gatekeeper? And he's like, no. And she slams the door, yeah. And he's like, I am? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then when he like knocks her out, he's like, okay, bye, honey. Good night. Gotta go to work now. And then, yeah. Just, and you then, you, you yeah. sleep. Yeah. Uh, it just amplified her character brilliantly. Yeah. She mm. becomes uh, super confident, super powerful, but sexually charged because that's how the, the gatekeeper comes in. There is actually a deleted scene um, at the end. Uh, of them banging? Not of them. <laughs> Full penny between Rick Moranis and Sigourney Weaver? Oh, you dirty so <laughs> No, there's that just the one. A, at the end, once they've all come out of the crispy dog hair yeah. Um, yeah. shells, there's a line where as they're leaving, Rick Moranis says, Did we? And she goes, No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Of anything which remembers that yeah exactly no that didn't happen and that, and that brings us to like the great finale so they they open oh. the gate they open the gateway to let what's the well, he's uh, Goza. Do, Goza Goza the Goza. destroyer comes out and then he says to them choose the form of your destroyer the marsh, the marsh. don't think about it everybody empty your minds don't think of anything What'd you do, Ray? I know. Oh, it's just so good. You know what? If you guys played like that, because I was thinking this yesterday when I was watching it, we could play a drinking game with the amount of times people say Ray. Yeah. And we yeah, would yeah. have to get our stomachs pumped. Yeah. Like, it would have to, because yeah. they constantly say his name. Ray, Ray, Ray. In the second movie, too, even yeah. worse. Yeah. There's yeah. a bit at the end of the second movie when they're facing the picture of Ray. 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 Yeah, that's three or four in a row. That Are is. you a god? No. <laughs> What stupid! Uh, yeah. <laughs> when someone asks you if you're a god, you, you say it. yes. It's, it's his raised face when he says it as well. No, like as if he's not sure. Yeah. <laughs> like I, th I might be. You don't know. Um, uh, yeah, so Goza, Goza was this um, Romanian gymnast uh, <laughs> that they hired to do it, and. Um, Again, evil, badass woman, but maybe not, mm. because it's the very, light... Yeah, with the heels and the gender fluidity. Gender yeah. fluid, very gender fluid. Another example of like early uh, uh, 80s and 90s movies having sometimes really decent representation. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, um, yeah, they say, Ra Harold Ram... Uh, Egon Spengler, sorry, the two are interlinked, um, <laughs> says, yeah, it's, Winston says, I thought Goza was a man. And uh, Egon says, it's whatever it wants to be. Mm. Yeah. And, like, and at that moment, it wants to be this person. Yeah. It's and so evil. It's so evil. Mm. Just coming to destroy the next world. And then <laughs> ever, I get it. I, I love the just the, the wonderful little plot hole in that is Venkman having to explain to the audience what's happening yeah. by saying, so if we think of J. Edgar Hoover, J. Edgar Hoover yeah, will come yeah. destroy us. So at that point, why hasn't J. Edgar Hoover just <laughs> yeah. suddenly appeared? Is Goza going, I don't know. I kind of like the idea of this marshmallow man. <laughs> I think I'm gonna be. I'm gonna pick the marshmallow man. I missed so it when funny. I was that younger. Was, 
with you know when he explodes I was like what's all this white stuff yeah, but that's yeah. the marshmallow isn't it's it? the marshmallow yeah, it's literally the marshmallow, the marshmallow yeah. yeah was that surely that was like a huge uh, ad massive project placement oh definitely, they got paid, definitely. Like, yeah. but that's that's the kind of stuff that I'm alright with people yeah. getting away with it's when it's, it's like you know funny. they lift an Apple Mac up yeah and yeah, like, yeah oh right and then she's got 30 seconds as they like do everything and, and it's so smooth and it's like this thing was so specific and now it is it is only the symbol of Ghostbusters. Like, yeah. you know, like nobody would think of, if you saw that now, you wouldn't be like, oh, that's the marshmallow thing. You'd be like, no, it's oh, that's, that's the thing Ghostbusters. from Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, that's the big thing from Ghostbusters. It's probably backfired on the marshmallow people a little bit. He looks so angry when um, when they like get he him with a, a gun and he has a really face, angry yeah. face. I was like, oh, that's actually... But it was funny what Ray said. I thought of the nicest thing possible. That could never harm us. And it was so big. Which leads to Venkman's wonderful line, we've got this guy all wrong. He's a sailor. He's in New York. If we get this guy late, we won't have any trouble. (laughs) (laughs) And so the the comedy and the danger and the the idea of community as well, despite New York having this reputation in all its movies and in the world generally as being a somewhat unfriendly place, the idea that people will band together in yeah. order to uh, face uh, a threat, um, in this case a 300-foot marshmallow, um, uh, comes through. Yeah, um, especially with the religious sects when you had the Orthodox Jews and the Orthodox Catholics and everyone's praying for everyone's the same together, kind yeah. of thing. I thought that was really great. Exactly. Yeah. And it just, it was for every age as well. That was the thing. I, yeah. I first watched this when I was a really young kid and me and my brother would often act out movies when yeah. we watched them. Yeah, of course. And right at the end, there's a swear word. Mm. When Oh, what was the swear word? Someone goes, oh, did you not ah, the shit. <laughs> like that. And I said it out loud and my mum was in my room and my mum just looked at me and I went, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. It's, it's, not, it's not too scary. It's not like gruesome or gory at all so like young kids can watch mm. it but there's enough adult humor in there and sort of subtly downplayed adult humor yeah. like that sort of sailor line and stuff mm. yeah that, exactly that sort of gets and the, the, hidden the, the, in, uh, in him the, and sigourney the chemistry between them yeah. which you know she has the right reaction when she first meets him as yeah. well like when he comes storming out she's a little bit wary of him he goes to the flat and rather than um, a classic sort of trope of, oh, he's delightful, he declares her yeah. love and she kicks yeah. him out the door, <laughs> which is the right reaction in that scenario. I like um, their kiss at the end. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was quite funny. It is just a little When he's like over the top with the reaction. Yeah. <laughs> it just, yeah, because he, I think he knows in that situation that he's not got the power. He has, he is having to use humor mm. as much as possible yeah, yeah. to win her, and she is totally in control through the whole movie. Even as a possessed person, she still yeah. seems yeah. to be in control. Um, so she, uh, yeah, she just blows it away. Her scary scene when she gets converted into the the gatekeeper mm. is just terrifying. Yeah. Um, and then the big resolution at the end when you think she's gone well, she's but just dead. she's just in like you just hear the noise there's the little and the funny music comes back yeah, yeah little, and it's all like <laughs> and it's all happy again and they pull the thing apart and, and big happy resolution and, and then, then poor Rick, Rick Moranis like, <laughs> still with the thing he's got on his head doesn't he who turned out the lights one of the things I was quite surprised about um, with the final scene fight scene was actually the lack of non-digesting music a lot of it's it, just digesting sound with you know the fight sounds etc there the, wasn't uh, like overbearing like what are the mm. things called what are they what were their what are things the guns called? called 
Proton packs. Yes. Proton packs. Proton yeah. packs. Yeah. And they so had to cross the streams. Uh, yeah, they had to cross the streams. Oh my god. Yeah, there's the but there bit wasn't at the this, like, right big at the end. music or anything like yeah. that for it, which was quite interesting. It's only at the end, mm. just as the screams, uh, streams come together and there's mm. a build and da 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 until the explosion. But before that, yeah, because the scary moments come in this movie in the same way that Aliens scary moments turn up mm. it's when the music stops yeah yeah yeah. yeah. oh something's going down something's about to go down and so when the music comes back that's the key to let you know it's alright so at the end it's not alright it's it's this could be a problem mm. so yeah they use a great actually just as a side note for future reference one of the best movies for use of sound ever The Artist Oh yeah! Watch the artist for use of sound. Even though it's a silent movie, yeah. it has one of the best uses oh, of yeah, sound yeah, in it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That I, uh, I'd seen years. It's great. We've I've talked seen the about. Artist. We talked about. This is another quick little side thing. I was looking up um, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh huh. Mm. Yeah. I was just looking through because I I'd heard this one of, like the really famous song, um, "Ecstasy of Gold" or whatever. Yeah. And I was looking up the guy and stuff, and then "Good, the Bad, and the Ugly" has been voted like the most influential movie soundtrack of all time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because like, he made the whole thing start to finish for that movie. Uh, and it's just like incredible. So we like in the future, we might end up doing that. Yeah. Yeah, soundtracks would be a really yeah, good yeah. one. Yeah, really good one. Do you know, do you guys, should I make you guys jealous? Do you know what I did yesterday in my free period? What did you do yesterday I in the free period? E.T. Oh, right. What, in a whole free period? Two hours off? Yeah. Three hours off? Two hours. E.T. Yeah. goes forever. Because... Shut it. Anyway, um, it's <laughs> part of the film studies, GCSE film studies. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I love it. So I skipped, obviously, a few bits. But you know when they're ill? And he's like, and it's like, E.T. Oh, my God. E.T. Oh! That's heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. that movie. too. When they find him in the in the ditch. Yeah, and he's all like oh. pink he's all white and scabby. And yeah. That movie has me crying, well, since the first time I watched it to now. It still has me crying it's when so good. he dies. Yeah. yeah. And, and spoiler alert. spoiling the film? <laughs> <laughs> God, why is this guy even here? I have a, I have a marker. Like if people, it's more than, if people it's more back home, <laughs> they haven't seen E.T. Yeah. We can cut this, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I have a marker. If it's more than 20 years old, I'm not spoiling it. It can't be, surely. Surely. Um, I, people have watched Yeah, they, come on. Don't know. I, I still don't haven't know watched... Um, what's Good, the, the Bad and the Ugly. No, not that one. He um, gets away with it in the end. Will, Will, what's his face? Um, Smith. Not Will Smith. Oh my God. Die Hard. What's his acting? Bruce Die Willis. <laughs> Bruce Willis. <that's> <laughs> Six Sense. Six Sense. That's yeah. it. Yes. I haven't seen that. You haven't, I haven't seen, seen it. I haven't seen it either. No. But I know. That'll be a good test yeah. about whether or not you really can see the plot twist coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, should we give Shall this a grade? Yeah. Um, I think, what were you going to give oh, I'm going to give it an A. I I'm going to give it an A star. Yeah. I, th- I would be giving A star. If only because, as mentioned at the beginning, John Belushi died yeah. and he couldn't be in the movie but no he is in the movie um, Slimer is described as the ghost of John Belushi oh. so Slimer oh, isn't it? Yeah. Slimer is John John Belushi in this movie and for casting his mate one last time in a mm. movie yeah A star yeah <laughs> I like I think we're probably all a little bit biased because we all watched it when we were growing up yeah. yeah it's one of those movies that people might watch it now and be like this sucks but it's like, well, I watched it when I loved it. So Scott didn't like it. Doesn't like it. Well, divorce him. I will. <laughs> Yesterday I was watching it and he came in and you know when he's just about to switch the machine off and he went, oh, don't do that. And then he just walked out. I was like, is that it? That's all you're going to say about this film. <laughs> he just went upstairs. I was like, all right. That's funny. Um, um, machete. Let's so, move on. So we're going to move on to Machete. This is I'll your give choice. You, I'll give you a little uh, insight. Mm-hmm. 
Shannara has typed in machete into Wikipedia <laughs> and has brought <laughs> out a picture of the knife, like the, of the kind oh, of machete. Like, of a machete. And you've been sitting there with that in front of you for the last like 20 minutes. Uh, you obviously were like, I'll get ready for the next movie. Ah, oh, damn it. I should have remembered that it's... Machete, there no is, use computers. Like yeah. Yeah. So I picked... Uh, we sort of floated a few ideas yeah. back and forth and we came, we sort of landed on Machete, which is, so, um, Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez released a double feature grindhouse double bill thing called Planet Terror and Death Proof. Yeah. And yeah. they were these big, over-the-top, exploitation B-movies. Have you seen Death Proof? I haven't seen either of them, which I really should. Have you seen Death Proof? I'd seen the original because it's a remake. Yeah. Um, but years ago. Is now. it the one where she has a gun for a leg? Yeah. Or is that the other one? Uh, no, that's the second part. So the yeah. first part is <laughs> how she loses that leg. Uh, so they're linked so, together. Yeah, yeah. But so, oh, sorry, makes me angry. Though. <laughs> so then they so they released these ones and then in the they made fake trailers for this thing, and two of the two trailers they made were Machete, <laughs> and they made it this super over the top. So they made Danny Trejo mm. as this psychopathic Mexican dude that just go around killing people. Mm. And they had Jessica Alba and Michelle and Robert De Niro. This is all in the trailer. Just this as a, as a fake totally trailer fake trailer. The um, they had a second movie called Hobo with a Shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> which I've also seen, which is, <laughs> is even awesome? more B-movie. It's about Rutger Hauer who was um, Roy in Blade Runner, yeah. the bad guy in Blade Runner, as this homeless guy who like drifts into town. All he wants to do is buy a lawnmower and start a lawnmower business, <laughs> but he can't afford it. And then someone's bad and like, nasty to him, so he gets a shotgun instead and goes around killing people. It's That's ridiculous. Good. good logical but jump there. Absolutely. Then, so they made these two fake trailers and then, for whatever reason, decided to make them into full-length movies right and the way like the reason i sort of pitched this on to you yeah was that it is a it is a proper b movie so it's sort of low budget and shitty like effects and all that stuff but they made it with like a list ca- a list stars yeah so, like yeah. they filled it with really famous actors mm. and with a surprisingly big budget made it look shit yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it's such a weird <laughs> such a weird concept but again it does what it says on the tin mm. they wanted to make an over the top ridiculous B movie and they just nailed it like mm. it's exactly that it is it, it, it's just fantastic it's called machete there yeah. is a machete in it <laughs> yeah. and he chops people up with it a yeah. lot yeah. um, you know if you go for nothing else it's it, it, it's perfect just for that yeah yeah <laughs> Do you want to explain the plot? Or do you want to do the numbers? Yeah, I can do the numbers. So, um, because that's the best bit. Yeah. Of course it is. So, this was released in um, 2010. And the budget was 10.5 million. And it made 44.1. So, it didn't do amazingly well. But then, to be fair, it's a B-movie. It's a grindhouse film. And it's kind of made to be this culty, like... Most of this uh, would have come from DVD sales anyway. Yeah. um, As opposed to cinema releases. And it was directed by Robert Rodriguez and Ethan, what, Maniquist? Yeah, Manic- sure. I can't, I can't pronounce it. And it has a huge, huge star list. Yeah. Robert De Niro, Lindsay Lohan, Jessica Stephen Seagal, Stephen Seagal, yeah. Stephen yeah. <laughs> Danny Trejo, yeah, loads and loads of people Lindsay, yeah. in there. Um, and so it's it starts with um, Danny Trejo, who's a uh, federale. Yeah. And he goes around like busting crime. 
Uh, <laughs> and then they try to kill him at the beginning. Steven Seagal's the big bad guy and tries to kill him at the beginning. Wait, pause. That girl right at the beginning, is that Eva Mendes? No. No, That's no, no. Not. It wasn't. The she one was looked, naked. Yeah, that the, pulled the phone out of her vagina. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. With that I'm sound sure effect. That's Ava Mendes, like, but like, a lot younger. I don't think so. I, I, do you I know what? You so. have me confused now because I thought it. I thought it was. It, yeah. But she's not credited. That actress is not credited. And it might be a Gary Oldman thing where she's just kept herself out of the credits or something. Maybe. I don't know. But I love that line. That opening line put some clothes on. No, it's too hard for clothes. Yeah. And I was like, this is my favourite film of all time. And I then, love this. And then she stabs him and then she pulls the phone she out of her vagina. She doesn't just stab him. Okay. She like asks him about the machete. Yeah, that's right. You know, she establishes she, his Because you think he's talking about his dick. It's really important. Uh, and then stabs him and then Steven Seagal turns up. I love it. He looks like he just came from his house. Like he wears that like... Asian girl. like martial yeah. arts yeah. dressing I think but he wears that all the time so it looks like they called him up and they're like hey do you want can you just pop down for a bit and he's like yeah okay and all bring your samurai sword always all right. in like dressing gowns you know his little yeah. posse of bitches with bikinis and dressing gowns it is a little bit weird because it feels like Stephen Seagal has decided to play the character of Stephen Seagal <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah they may absolutely. as well have just called him that yeah um, um, but and the- then they and they cut his they cut um, so his name is Machete <laughs> Machete. And the, machete. machete. And they cut his wife's head off yeah. and he says he's killed his daughter. And he goes to cut his head off. He's like, you don't deserve this honor. And he goes, he says, burn the house down. And he survives. And it's like, you should have just shot him. Then just, cut to the future. Yeah. And then the future, he's... Well, present day. He's like a day laborer in, in Texas. On a border town. Yeah. On a border town. Uh, I think the thing is with Machete, sorry to interrupt. I was no, no, say, go for it. You talked about him being a bit of a psychopath, which is true, but... The reason he works is he is 100% not corruptible. Yeah, that's it. He's no like, matter he's what, like... he's doing everything for the good of the law or for what he sees to correct injustice. Mm. If he's just a psychopath, a psychopath, I don't think it works. No. Although, like, when he busts that house, he, like, he cuts that dude's head off and then cuts his body in half. Hey, man, that he dude probably didn't have to do that. He probably yeah, didn't have but, to do that. You know, that dude didn't have to do what he was doing. So there's that, <laughs> there's that argument. I think from that point, he's just like, well, punishment is coming. Yeah. You, you, you've made your bed. Now I am going to <laughs> cut you up. Your house. Yeah. Um, Michelle Rodriguez plays a good character in this. Michelle so she, Rodriguez it, is great. I you love this girl. Like, she's I know badass. she's got a weird, like, personal life. She's and She's like she's a awesome. flipping drug dealer, whatever she is, right? But she's also... So she's got a tackle van, right? She's a tackle van, but she also is like she, the ringleader yeah, of the, she, like the she, resistance. She, 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 she. she exactly. Of the yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And no one knows who she is. And she's like, no, it's not me, man. It's not me. But she's taking care of all these immigrants. And she's making sure that they do their part. Yeah. Yeah. Like they do their part in yeah. society. So she's, again, she's good. There was, there was a weird... Very skinny though in that film. There I was a, incredibly so. Yeah. yeah. There was incredibly. a weird commentary about day like Mexican day laborers throughout the whole thing mm. because they co- they called him that throughout the movie, yeah. but then all his like army, all they all fought with like pitchforks and hammers and stuff. Like they really sold this whole thing yeah. that these guys are just the day laborers that are here. I like that moral question as well that one of the security guards has. Like we let them into our houses, look after our kids, look after our gardens, but we don't want them in our country. That was what, such a funny scene. Like a weird commentary yeah. on like immigration. I think that's the beauty of the B-movie is because yeah. it's so over the top. It doesn't need no. subtlety. No. It no. wants to hit yeah, you yeah. in the face. And the Robert De Niro character... Um, he was fantastic. So, okay, so like, the scariest part of the whole thing is we were sitting there watching it. So there's so Robert De Niro is this uh, really right-wing senator that's, that's running for that's president. Yeah. yeah, But his two things were like build a wall to keep... Like build a fence to keep yeah. the Mexicans out... 
and don't let them have amnesty when they come in. And the first scene, like, they shoot a pregnant woman because yeah. he's like, when they're born here, they get citizenship. This is Donald Trump. It's strangely relevant. I was like, oh God, this is an exploitation movie that's supposed to be so over the top and ridiculous that it could never be true. And it is. I was like, oh "Oh, shit, man, this stuff is happening. We were talking about Donald Trump because that's one of the set texts in media, like, you know, about his presidency and stuff. And I was like, this is a product of an immigration nation talking about immigration. Like, how are are they missing the irony of this? Like, yeah, yeah. But like, how? How have you missed? Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't be there if it wasn't for immigration. And you're against immigration. I mean, rather hilariously, the law he originally floated once would have banned him. Yes. Himself. Yeah, that's yeah, how crazy yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. But that's the thing. The movie talks about a truth that people live through. Mm. Um, it's just that, again, it's a guy wanting to write and direct a movie that he thinks would be really fun. Mm. And I think everyone that they managed to snag in the cast list just looked at the script and went this could be too much fun yeah yeah, like, yeah totally it was this is going you could to tell that they were having and that's, fun oh, it man. was so obvious but do you know what okay follow me on this one mm. you might disagree but like Danny Trejo's character he didn't say anything he just chopped people up he didn't have to do much acting machete really no text so <laughs> yeah yeah that's so good um Michelle Rodriguez mm. was outstanding. Mm. She is actually a very good actress and she did a really good job. Brilliant. De Niro brilliant. did a great job at mm. his like ridiculous character. Yeah. Jessica Alba sucks balls at acting. I'm sorry. She she, she sucked. And couldn't I couldn't play her character out. I no, and maybe that was serious. it. Maybe that was it. But but and and I was watching it with Maya and she said, Oh, you know, but she's been given some shitty lines to it with. They all have. Yeah. Every line in this is, is bad <laughs> and dumb. Yeah. But Michelle Rodriguez, even though it was so like over the top, over the top, and of course, like everything they said was gonna, you, you knew what they were gonna say before they said it. She still kind of sold the character, mm. where Alba was a bit wooded and flat. I'll, the whole time. I'll, I'll take my aside a little bit here because Michelle Rodriguez's character is she is yeah. is, is is you know has a lot of depth. Again, trying not to spoil things as I, <laughs> as I blunder my way through this one, um, and I think it's just because all the other characters get these wonderful stupid story arcs and mm. brilliantly over the top lines Jessica Alba's character is a bit predictable and I guess so yeah, I, I feel I feel maybe that's the slight harsh thing anyone who has watched her in Fantastic Four would know she can act so I don't know <laughs> <laughs> but I guess that's well, true that she was almost like the straight man character she was the one that everybody else kind of played off a bit yeah and she's kind of done that before with Sin City yeah so another yeah. Rodriguez movie I mean, what's I, the I, best thing she's acted in though <laughs> I hate it when I when you're right she was okay she was okay in, um, <laughs> she was okay in uh, Good Luck Chuck did you ever say that yes where every time it was um, it was what's his name I can't remember his name. He's a comedian, mm. but every time he had sex with a girl, yeah, she'd get married to the next guy. She'd find her dream yeah. guy, the next guy. Oh, and I've then heard he, about this. And movie. then he met Jessica Alba, and he fell in love with her. But he didn't want to sleep with her because he was because worried that would, she'd, she'd leave, Mister Right. Oh um, my god! And she was like really awkward, and like she'd like n- accidentally knock him out, and she got her dress caught in the <coughs> door, and the car drove off, and she got it in her underpants and stuff. And that was quite funny. That was quite funny. She was alright in that, but it was a very silly role. Mm-hmm. 
What do you think about Lindsay Lohan's <laughs> wannabe porn star character? Oh, yeah. Love it. But again, Fantastic. it was like, it was like, you are a bit of a scumbag in real yeah. life. So well, is I, this I, a joke? I don't know what's, is this, I, like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, <laughs> I think at the time, because I started to Google like her rest list. Mm. And at the time she was under probation. So it was like, this is pretty not to her actual life, isn't it? I think so. I think he just, you know, the director, I probably just went, look, do you want to have a bit of a laugh at yourself? <laughs> yeah. And shall we make this a thing? And by, you know, I mean, uh, all I have would a, say and, is... And have, a threesome, have a threesome with, with your mum and your mom, yeah. As a nun. Okay. So, <laughs> as, nun thing was yeah. so as um, the camera, so the camera you can see, it's completely still and it's just like behind the leaves. But watches the film, it's like the camera's like, it's the camera like movement, like the they're the, zooming, yeah, yeah. there's yeah. all this stuff. And he's got this like weird incestuous kind of feelings towards his daughter, doesn't he? That's no, that he was just implied. Like, I didn't think it's, so. I I thought thought it was, wasn't it implied? Maybe. I, I felt because it was wasn't implied. The, yeah, because uh, what was it? The vicar he says, oh yeah, he says he's got those sinful thoughts about his daughter. Oh yeah. Yeah, because he goes to confession, <laughs> doesn't he? Oh, the guns with the vicar at the end. The guns. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Um, yeah. Okay, let's talk a little bit about some Pop. of the violence <laughs> and the death. Oh, we didn't even talk about the plot. <laughs> yeah. Shit. So. <laughs> uh, Robert De Niro is this corrupt guy going for president and then they, they get Machete and say okay we want you to kill the president and he goes to kill him and then someone shoots him instead and then shoots Machete and yeah. tries to frame him and it's yeah. all a big ploy because everyone's in on it together and they're all basically they're trying because they figure that pin it on the immigrant pin it on the immigrant then everybody will hate the Mexicans and they'll kick him out and then they all just turn on Machete because he gets away and they're like, they're, I love it. There's constant jokes about that, that nobody can kill him. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, yeah. why it's won't it. you just die? Yeah. It's just that machete doesn't And he's die. just the man. Um, the scene. So we talked about at the beginning. He cuts people in half. He loves his machete. Yeah. Hence the name. A um, couple of scenes that I loved. The scene when machete. in the hospital, he makes like the Freddy Krueger knife whip thing. And oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then with the bone saw thing. Cuts the guy's stomach open, grabs yeah. his intestines, yeah. runs out the window, like abseils in the next window. That's, that's when Mayo was like, this movie's dumb. <laughs> they, they do, I'm like, that, was, that was put in when the doctor says, did you know? Yeah, yeah, little yeah. fun fact. Oh, that doctor random, was weird though. They can stretch yeah. around the world. Oh, how weird was that last, how weird was that last line from him though? When she's like, I can feel your eyes on my, what did you say? I can feel your eyes. eyes on my uterus. Yeah. He's like, at least it's not your colon. <laughs> Yeah, and then he starts thinking about... It's like, oh, gross. Also, like, what were they wearing, the nurses? Oh, yeah, like yeah, short skirts. Like really, like weird, short, see-through, like papery dresses. It's going back to that B-movie thing again. Mm. Yeah. Like you take the, 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 the B-movie picture that came on before the main movie had to be done. So there's, there's a wonderful story about um, when B-movies were uh, uh, being made originally. And in MGM, the director of the B-movie production line had a pack of 20 scripts. And he would take the top script, hand it to the writers. They would change the setting, the year, uh, change the names on the characters, basically keep the plot, make the movie. That went onto the bottom pile, right? Takes the next one off the top. <laughs> they go rewrite it. And it just goes round and round and round and round on the B-movie production over That's and awesome. over again. So you're looking for the same tropes, the same things that keep yeah. coming up. In the same way you were talking about the things that make Bond great in a previous podcast. It's the things you're looking for from a B movie. You want stupid, over the top violence so yeah. that it is. Um, it's similar to Kick Ass in that respect, in that um, Kick Ass really played the violence level well, in that when it was over the top, you mm. could enjoy the yeah. violence in a strange way. 
when it was real, you couldn't. It was, yeah, yeah. yeah. When he's knuckle dusted on the chair, you felt that, and it's like, oh no, that's not right. There's no music. There's no fun. This yeah, is weird. Yeah. This is not good. Um, and then when Hit Girl gets involved and it's computer game style, when mm. she's got the night vision goggles on, suddenly there's a switch and you're like, yeah. oh, actually, this is comical now. This yeah, is yeah, funny. Yeah. Edgar Wright does that really well. Like, he's with films so like Hot Fuzz, etc. Oh, that over the top. But that was, and that was thing. like, um, sort of in the similar vein with like Tarantino and um, Kill Bill. Mm. Yes. It was so ridiculous that. But done well. It it was, cool. And it was like, well. Yeah it's kind of not the point like you know like I, I know this whole thing is about violence but it wasn't real violence and the whole point was like the storytelling and mm. the, like the sort of theatrics of it all yeah. rather than oh she's just murdered like 80 people that wasn't yeah. the point that was like talking about Bond though like you've said this several times but he, mach, mach, Machete Machete. 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 Reminded me of Bond in so much as that, like he sleeps with all the women. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, but with like very like no effort from his own. No Fewer yeah. chat up like, lines like, as he's well. Like in bed full of bullet holes. <laughs> yeah. And then she oh, yeah, like, just jumps on top of him. Yeah. Like what the hell? But no, she says no. Don't touch what you can't finish. And yeah. then she just jumps on top of him. Yeah, that was a weird scene. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got Jessica Alba at the end with the mom. Yeah, the with the mom and the daughter. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, weird. But yeah, he's just getting he's just getting laid. Yeah. He is left, yeah. right, and center. And he doesn't have to buy a drink. No, yeah. <laughs> he just has to be. He just has to be. Okay. So yeah. that's all it is. So I love the I love the uh, the hospital killing and grabbing the intestines. I loved his use of the garden tools to fight those guys. <laughs> <laughs> and after, and so, and after they'd had that, and after they had that conversation where the guards were like, "Hey, why are we?" Why are we killing this guy? And they had that proper, like, uh, sort of... Deep. Almost like, like an existential yeah. being like, what are we yeah. doing here? Like, Why? he's fine. Like, leave him. And then the <laughs> one guy says, I give up. I quit. And he threw the gun away and walked off. Um, but he came around and killed them all with uh, gardening tools. Yeah. yeah. And he ch- changed the uh, whippersnipper, the weed whacker thing, to have the big knives on the end of it instead. Yeah. And then he, got, he pinned him. So I like that. And then the final bit, that scene with him putting the minigun on the front of his motorbike oh, <laughs> and then just jumping and shooting and because it's so bad but it's supposed to be bad he sprays them all with bullets and blood spurting out and a couple of them visibly just like run away still yeah <laughs> they like, like 30 bullets sprayed into them and they just walk off I think my favourite scene was a church scene oh yeah like it, that was really that's pretty dark. that's pretty dark. that was really dark yeah. When like he, you know, he picks up the vicar against the vicar. Is it a vicar? Yeah. Or, vicar. Well, it depends on the. Or, they yeah. were Catholics. In which case, priest. Priest, right? On the cross yeah. and pins his hands and his feet and Pretty shit high, in, high. and you're like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. It's messed up. It's nasty. Yeah. It's nasty. It's messed up. He's a what good priest. Good, good friend. Good friend. Another scene that it was a really clear that it was done badly, but it was funny. Is when that guy got all he got like. Uh, he got a machete in the head or something and then they exploded him out the window and he landed on Jessica Alba's car. Oh, and yeah. And she was like, oh, God, and she like, had to hit the brakes or whatever. You could see, he was a dead body yeah. flung out the window. Yeah. And he hit the boot of the car and you could see him like catch himself on yeah, the Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Him, like, <laughs> and they <laughs> definitely would have let that, left that in on purpose. I really like the females being like quite tropey. So like they're all, so when they're in the me- uh, at the mechanics, and they've all got the crop tops on and they look very yeah. sexy when they're doing like and obviously the white t-shirts are completely clean of yeah. course even though of course they're working That's with grease and during <laughs> the end fight scene 
all the women are dressed in really sexy clothes and then what's her face uh, Michelle Rodriguez comes back wearing a that bikini top that was so top. funny <laughs> and it's like what are you doing no could you wear like, you know what just don't wear it just, just get rid of it just but that was fucking that. badass <laughs> that was a badass <laughs> scene little bikini top you'd ever seen it is so badass uh, just, it's just the lead up to that as well because obviously the, she gets injured she gets shot, shot in the, the freaking eye. And eye. gets Point an blank. actual was, eye patch. Yeah, I was like, oh. <laughs> and you think, well, that's it. That's a shame. Because you don't know where the movie's going because it's so over, out there. that yeah. Yes, you could probably kill someone in a minute and you'll never see them again. But no, end scene, massive, massive fight. In comes Michelle Rodriguez, eye patch on, bikini, bikini top. top still on, <laughs> like all the guns out, and stuff. And just guns. But I was still, I was like, that's badass. That's so sick. It is like, so badass. It was good. She's badass. But I love that they just everything was just like rushing to get back to the action things because they there was that scene with Jessica Alba and the the tapes of the evidence. Yeah, and it was literally her walking into an office and she was like, here, play this, and walked out. That was like the whole scene. Yeah. Who like, was that woman? Was then that she was like a reporter, reporter and then she re- and then scene. she showed yeah. it in the interview. And so was that like, was the big scandal, wasn't yeah. it? That he was getting funded. He well, was that, work- that all well, the he, gangsters. Yeah, yeah, he was like actually uh, in party with all the Mexicans. Yeah. Really. yeah. I um, love that scene yeah. of him coming down the stairs and he they gave him the walking stick, <laughs> and he's like walking <laughs> like he's walking like. Um, Mr. Banks in Mary Poppins. He's mm. walking like the oldest man in the world. Yeah, yeah. And then he gets out of there and just throws the cane away. Yeah. He did a fantastic job. Yeah. Robert De Niro oh, in this film. But he looked like he had so much fun. Yeah. Uh, definitely. But he's lampooning everything he hates in yeah. that. And he's really enjoying playing up to that and trying to show people, yeah, the, these guys, they talk this game. But as they blatantly point out, oh, we, ha- we have the these people come into our homes and look after our children. Yeah, and yeah. Yet we don't want them crossing the border. <laughs> and... It is. It's just them. It's these people living in this movie, and you just look at it and go, "Yeah, everything's over the top." And yet, there's there's a border town, and there's people coming across, and there's probably someone running some sort of underground jobs for people, and it's dangerous and it's nasty, and they need help, and they're not getting it. Except Machete. Yeah, Machete Machete. will help care of business Um, because he gives all the money, doesn't he? And that's how Michelle Rodriguez is like. Where we're gonna look after you. Yeah. Do you watch the American Office? I didn't know. No. Oh, there's a scene in it where like there's a line of like Mexican laborers and Dwight goes up and another like Spanish guy's like, "Don't go with him. When you go with him, you don't come back." Like, <laughs> many men have disappeared because <laughs> he takes him on the um his farm, but he's actually doing a really good thing. Takes him on the farm and just gets them to like work as farmers and just lets them live there, so they don't need to go. Uh, right. Wow. But people just think he's like a really crazy guy. <laughs> <laughs> I did love De Niro's like dying words when he when he got shot by uh, Lindsay Lohan and he's like in a, in a nun's outfit. Yeah. Oh, they're yes. completely naked. Con- like, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the church. But when he was like, oh, oh, I don't even like this state. I can't stand the heat. <laughs> that was like his whole. That was like his whole remorseful like last thoughts. That's it. Yeah, that's it. <sighs> you know, I don't care how close you are to your mum. Maybe not do a threesome with her. No. I think it's advice I'd like to give all young ladies out there. That was pretty badass yeah. when he was like, they're with God. And then they were just like fine. They were in, they were in like the church. Yeah. You know, so he got him good. Yeah. The guy was a dick there. He well, he was planning on like <laughs> doing it with them, wasn't he? Because he kept them naked. Yeah. 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 The priest is like really <laughs> messed up. <laughs> it's fucked up. Not, yeah. <laughs> and they were asleep as I was like, no, 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 I'll keep them in the back it, of the funeral car. Yeah. It's it's a I mean. Uh, trashing institutions and um, religious institutions as well does sort of 
come up every so often with a Rodriguez film. Um, Dawn Till Dusk <laughs> yes. yeah. uh, is another that, one. Love that movie. Oh, oh, it's so fun. I just love the shift it takes. It's like, what are we I doing? We'll that. do vampires. Let's do vampires. I hated that shift. It really I didn't like it's it either. Weird, I liked the beginning of it. Yeah, I liked, them, I liked them just being they, badass robbers. Yeah. They couldn't figure out what to do with yeah. it. That was the thing. Am. And they just went, oh, we're, we're doing this now. But it, it, it's recognizably them as a partnership yeah. and Rodriguez in general. And then you look through other ones he's done, Planet Terror. Um, and coming up, Alita kind of has a feel for him, but it's a big blockbuster. It got me thinking about the idea of him as auteur director. Mm. Um, and it's his style. Um, so it, it's hard yeah. to sort of define who might be an auteur director because you'd think every any director would be but one thing um, that I learned when I tried studying film once upon a time uh, was <laughs> that if you want to consider someone the sort of overarching auteur of a movie look to the line producer mm. the line producer has the most control from start to finish so when Rodriguez says he shot and cut this movie himself yeah. right, it's him taking ownership and saying I wanted everything the way you see it yeah. um, Feige Kevin Feige is the man in Marvel. Well, like, yeah, he's, he's done movies. this whole arc. Like, exactly, and him. he's had the control and, the way through. And it's clear because... I think it's really clear because you've got so many different directors of the Marvel films. Yeah. But it has the same feel Still has the same throughout. Feel like, the way through. You can tell what it is. So you have a vision. And the same... So you start getting guys who... That it used For a while, I felt there was more directors than there were auteurs. So yeah. I, like, I, I was just saying to you guys earlier I have an argument that Spielberg wouldn't necessarily be considered an auteur director because he makes very disparate movies yeah. and he's incredibly good at it but the flip side of that is someone like Hitchcock mm. when you watch a Hitchcock movie it is obviously um, a Hitchcock, like Hitchcock movie I do love a bit of Hitchcock I love Hitchcock love but Hitchcock. yeah like it's, mm. I just love looking for his cameo that's the best yeah. thing yeah. about them but some of them are just so stupid and wonderful and just The Birds is one of the, the birds are oh, that's great. movies ever you guys watch Vertigo? yeah I love oh, Vertigo Vertigo is, so, no. Vertigo is proper good. creepy it's so yeah. good it really does get into that male psyche yeah but it's like it's it's one of those films that once you watch it like bits of it never leave you yeah you, like it just yeah, it just yeah. settles in he was really good at tension wasn't he and suspense super good at it and just was so good at doing that at a time when you weren't allowed to see the gore mm. to yeah, see yeah. the violence and it, it became like better, like that psycho scene mm. is so famous because it's, you don't see because it, you don't see it the um, um the bit in vertigo when she comes out and it looks like the wife yeah you're just like he does that a lot with indemnity as well mm -hmm. the whole like that was excellent because that film touched on like domestic like like mind abuse you know like yes like, in a bad unhealthy relationship yes. when he starts kind of forcing her to be this other person and i was like what am i watching yeah. this it's is awesome proper emotional mm. control of this person and it's mm. not healthy and all of his um characters in his movies have that flaw it's yeah, part of his, his his movie it, making they all have a bit of like all these like directors that take these ownership all have like a thing that they just love yeah, exactly my mind blonde, jumped didn't he? that guy had a thing for blonde Tippi yeah. Hedren was like the girl for him um but yeah, the the one the other one that jumped in my mind was Kevin Smith. Yeah. yeah. And it's this idea of these guys who used to make budget movies for nothing. Kevin mm. Smith clerks is where my mind went originally. And then they have some success. A movie studio gives them some money. And then they make the big budget movie and then they go away and do their pet project again. See, I I think that's really I think that's really interesting with someone like Tarantino. Yeah. Mm. Because he I feel at least made the movie he wanted to make all the time 
it, he was just lucky enough that they were popular. You know what I mean? Like things like Reservoir Dogs. It was he made that for his like. Yeah, you know I mean, like that was his passion, but then it was successful as well. He was successful enough in his personal choice movies. You know what I mean? Like he didn't mm. have to go. Yeah, and, he didn't he, go and do a blockbuster in he, the sense that he did. Yeah, someone else's he, idea. He's interesting in that his brand of movie became a genre in its own right. Yeah, it's a Tarantino movie. Yeah, yeah. And you know what you're getting when you go to that movie. Um, you don't really see Quentin Tarantino direct something other than a Tarantino. Yeah, movie. yeah. But I, I love that then because exactly. Well, it works perfectly if you like it. I know yeah. plenty of people that don't. But, but the movie. But so the you you get what you expect from yeah. that movie because it's a Tarantino movie you, you, you're you yeah, going yeah. because it's a Tarantino movie and it's his style of directing that you like and the violence and everything that comes with it Kevin Smith for example I keep harking on back to him but he's capable of that um, lefty uh, le- left of field um, quirky movie like Dogma or Chasing yeah, Amy which is one Chasing of the best Amy, if you yeah. haven't seen it watch Chasing Amy yeah it's really good um, and that sounds familiar it's uh, the same it's cast as all of them. Ben Affleck, ben Affleck and I've forgotten the woman's My name. My name is Earl. But, uh, yeah, basically Ben Affleck chases a woman who's actually gay. And, uh, it, oh, okay. And it is heaven. absolutely brilliant. I did love Dogma. Silent Bob Speaks <laughs> yeah. in Chasing Amy. It's Have so Have you seen good. Clerks? No. Oh. And, yeah. Clerks 2 is probably one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. I'm, I'm, I'm yet to see oh it. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, is, it is like a proper... It's like, it's like they did Clerks... And it was very funny and sort of, sort it's of quirky for Dawson, the time, isn't it? In, in Clerks, yeah, too. yeah. But then it's like it's like, you know, Step Brothers and Old School and Hangover all happened, and so they're <laughs> like, right, let's step this up for the modern day, but keep it very Kevin Smith, yeah. And they nail it. It is so filthy, but so oh, funny. Well, I think I'm going to watch it tonight. Then. It's so. I'll it's, watch it fast. It's awesome. I'm going to have to yeah. watch this it's, now. It's yeah, unbelievable. It's so funny. Sorry, go and keep going. With what you're saying about well, that. I was just going to say, yeah, that, that, that uh, he's capable of directing something other than a Kevin Smith movie. That's yeah. what I think. Well, I'm sure Tarantino is too, but he what just hasn't is, done what it else yet. What has he directed? Uh, he not... directed. Oh gosh, I'm not going to remember the name, but now it's like Red Dawn or something. Yeah, or Red. Yeah, Red I something. Think you're right. And it's just not like him. Even Chasing Amy, to a certain degree, isn't. A Kevin Smith feel. The resolution is like the denouement of the movie is sort of totally mm. Kevin Smith. But the rest of it feels more like a movie, like a proper sort of, as it were, Hollywood production movie. Whereas his other movies, like Dogma, like Clerks, feel like his world and his worldview. And uh, so, do you it, then he, suggest that Norto is incapable of directing anything? I wouldn't like, like to suggest that, but it definitely sounds like that's what I've done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I wouldn't say that. No, I would mm. say that they are capable of directing whatever they want. It's just that I think when you look. At a, when you're trying to think of a director as an auteur, as someone who is in control of the whole thing, um, there are certain names that will jump out of you instantly. Yeah. Um, you can add Tim Burton to this list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. Yeah. Uh, you, you just you can you watch see it. the movie yeah. in their head already. And, and there's so many movies. Well, not so many. There's times that I've watched a movie. I'm like, this this feels just like. Like um, the Royal Tenenbaums, yeah. and I look it up. I'm like, oh, yeah, because it was him yeah. as well. It's, like, it's him as well. Yeah, it's like when you go, oh, that sounds a lot like Queen, and then you realise the track is also by mm. Queen or yeah, by yeah. whoever. And and you just, there's not many. There's not well, many. 
of these auteurs. No, that's the thing. I think they went away for a bit yeah. because in order to make it in the game, you had to be... You have to, uh, you have to play uh, the game. Play you have the to game. go and direct something else. I do think it's quite restrictive. Obviously, it comes from the word author. Um, mm. And I do feel like it is restrictive. I mean, you you may have a style, but that doesn't mean that you, you don't you're not allowed to experiment with different styles. Exactly. And you and yeah. it's a weird you, it's a fine line you have to walk mm. with because you have to be successful. You can't pump out movies and keep just doing movies that nobody yeah. wants to watch. Yeah. And so Quite you have to either go and make some big blockbusters. <laughs> you, you can laugh on my yeah, there was a visual there was there was a visual joke there which I'm just going to leave hanging in the audience and never know you either make these big blockbusters then come back and do what you want to do or you hope that what you are doing passionately is popular enough yeah exactly it. and if you if it isn't popular enough you have to go and make them money somewhere yeah. there was a fascinating um, experiment <laughs> exactly you got to do <laughs> it Disney though man. well actually a Look lot of actors now. are doing this now where they just go and make a big budget Hollywood movie and then they go away and do a pet project that they want to do Think Matt Damon's um, like that Matt Damon's like that um, he's doing that uh, guys uh, Kate Blanchett is like that yeah. I need to say something do you remember when she says I've just just had this link in my head this is going to blow your mind <laughs> <laughs> do you remember when she says I've got a website it's a kind of videos and you, you know, it's implies she's doing porn right yeah and her dad says, I'm going to send you a convent. What did she wear at the end? Ah, she wears a nun's outfit. Nun's outfit. Yeah, that was a good, outfit. That was a good cut. That was I didn't good. Yeah, make that I link. know. I'm right, really smart today. Awesome callback. Yeah. Love yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I told you a blow. A little mind. bit. A little bit Christopher Nolan. Not as much. Yes. Not as much, but you can still be like, I think there's a similar feel to like, um, yeah. to what's the magic one? The Prestige. Uh, prestige. Mm. To like Stella. There's kind of the same look to it, the same sort of colour palette, the same sort of feel. Soundtracks as well. You've got Hans Zimmer. You can hear yes. Hans yeah. Zimmer's yeah. like... John Williams. Yeah. yeah. The, I think you're right with Kevin Nolan because the thing that you... So for me, what you get with an auteur, and again, using Spielberg as a comparison, is he can... Spielberg tells whatever story it is he's telling perfectly, mm. right? Nolan always tells the story but you always get the feeling with him the focus is on what happens to these characters when you apply the pressure of yeah. the situation Inception it's like going deeper and deeper what happens when it's really down and you're in the most mind-bending situation you can be in Prestige what is uh, what what happens when you're in the situation when you are uh, uh, on trial for your life yeah. and your whole life is a lie and even Batman um, he like turned he turned this comic book superhero into this really sort of deep character study of yeah. this guy's personality and like what he's doing and he's the, the the reason he's trying to do all this stuff yeah they kind of flipped it all on its head then and it's just it, for that that sort of feels a little bit like what his style is and it's that message that he brings for for Hitchcock it's the fragility of uh well humans in general but the human yeah. mind and how how thin our grasp is on our, our world you know Psycho the beginning of the movie she steals a lot of money everyone kind of forgets yeah. the beginning of the movie she steals all this money so you're saying she had it coming and, and she kind of, <laughs> well, no, she's, she imperils her own world at that yeah. point she's a model employee everyone seems to be fine they're desperately worried when she's gone um, and it, what are you guys talking about Psycho, Psycho. Psycho. You're not sorry listening. Psycho yeah no I was but then I'm like what money yeah, because everyone forgets the beginning yeah. of the movie. She yeah. steals. <laughs> she steals all this money. Um, and and so immediately imperiling her existence because now she's on the run. Yeah. Now she runs to somewhere which, and you think, is it going to be something like she's chased all the way through the movie? And no, she's dead within the first 20 minutes yeah. because of the <laughs> awesome scene with the knife in the shower. And 
it's just people in different perilous situations showing you how thin so in vertigo how thin his grasp of reality is yeah. mm. uh, in the birds how thin our grasp on the planet is you know mm. that if if the birds really did choose to attack some of them have so very sharp Demi, beaks the one that I was talking about earlier yeah, that's yeah. kind of like a parody remake of birds B, right. like B movie tribute not right. a B movie this was like lower literally than a B movie B-movie. literally a B movie no a B movie it's birds it's <laughs> you have to watch it you have it's it's fantastic. It's um thingy um same cast as the room. As oh, room. is it? Yeah, really? is it? Oh. Yeah, so you know. Um, have you seen Have you seen the room? N- n- uh, the room uh, yeah. or room? Not not the, the one. Not, not the, the one, one with the spoons. Not the terribly depressing one. <laughs> not yeah. the Brie Larson's one. Not the, not the, not not, the not terribly the, depressing one. The like, one with um, Tommy, Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. Tommy Wiseau. Have you seen that? No, I haven't seen oh this one. What? What's, what's I did not hit her. I did not. Hmm? Oh, hi. Oh, hi, Lisa. Oh, hi, Lisa. You're tearing me apart, Lisa. <laughs> yeah. What was the guy's name? <laughs> Mark. Mark. Mark's Mark. in it. Yeah. yeah. Birdemic. Mark's Why in is it. Is he? Yeah. He's a good example of another guy who perhaps tried to be an auteur well, that's what he and failed wrote, miserably. Yeah. Well, Tommy, but Tommy his Wiseau. two movies, I'm sure, feel the same. Yeah, feel like because like he, he has he, he's trying to put across a message, but he just hasn't thought about telling the story and or uh, and and it's just too serious with yeah. it. Um, uh, Edward Wood, sorry, not Edward. Uh, Edward is similar. He just wanted to be um, Orson Welles. Yeah, and he mm. wanted to be that guy who tells that story in that particular way and just went headlong into it and for all the terrible movies that he made he is quintessentially an auteur to his yeah. to his credit he's like i'm doing it my way i've got full control it's gonna be this and yeah. it, it it was a horrible failure uh. it was a glorious <laughs> glorious failure yeah <laughs> i think you get it a little little bit with like um like judd apatow yes where yeah where it's it's, yeah. it's yeah. M- yeah. probably more than like themes it's just like a feel to it it's just yeah. that sort of yeah, and, and I keep coming back to the colours of it because you think of Judd Apatow it's all quite bright quite right, yeah. and quite yeah. happy and quite comedy, suburban and yeah yeah definitely and it, it, it it's that it, it, it's his when you can see the director's personality imprinted yeah. across yeah. The, the shot but you're right there's not there's That's not also, many of them no. when, you, no. when you actually sit down and think about it there's not a ton Your that you mind can name goes to the past you think yeah. of a Henry Ford movie mm. um, and that you go oh yeah yeah Henry yeah, Ford, yeah. Yeah, that, that I remember those guys and you suddenly realise that those are the guys who played the system with the Hollywood system but they had a lot of control still um, but yeah the line producers these days that's where the, the normally the overarch comes from I mean directors release directors cuts all the time because their version often gets lost in the edit yeah. so if you have if you take really back control Scott. in the edit yeah. He did yeah, that really Scott. everything. Yeah. George Lucas does that to you know every movie every couple of years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you scene, change something here. Yeah, this isn't uh, now. I've got it how I wanted. There's that line in Big Bang Theory, isn't it? When they go, come on, we've got to get to the cinema. If we don't go soon, George Lucas will change it again. <laughs> um, Have you seen um, the Lego film when he's in it, George Lucas? When they're like um, in the Lego Movie, yeah, no, it's the second one, or like it was just DVD only. It wasn't the big Lego film. Oh, okay, okay. And okay. Then they, yeah, and it's like he's in it, and they're like, "Do you want donut? Should we get you donut? Like, why are you not angry? Like, ah, uh, like, watch oh. it. It's like it's- ooh, phone. Whose phone is that? Oh, my phone. <laughs> oh. Scott's calling from upstairs. You've no, got multi screens on. You've got the uh, <laughs> torch him. on. I don't know what's happened. I've just been on. You've but you've done every you've but everything to your phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
That's insane. Okay. I was um, about to cuss on you guys. And it was me. I, nope. Sorry. What what grade would you give this um, gorgeous grindhouse? I would give it a B. I think that's right for it. I, I did really enjoy it, but I probably wouldn't rush to watch it again. Really? Where I'd watch Ghostbusters again tonight. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't yeah. be like... Yeah. If ever, like, <laughs> I like I really do like Ghostbusters so much that if ever it's like on TV or if mm, someone's I'm like, should you watch Ghostbusters? I'm like, oh yeah. I'm watching. I probably wouldn't be like, yes, I feel like watching Even Ghostbusters 2. Even Ghostbusters 2. The happy slime yeah. and mm. the music with uh, um, lifting, hi- lifting Me Higher that as well yeah. for the second movie. Yeah. Actually, we forgot to talk about the Ray Parker Jr. and Ghostbusters. Who are you gonna call? Yeah, <laughs> like that, yeah. and that, that song came so out of iconic. nowhere. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Nearly yeah. didn't get made. It was someone else, and then mm. with like a few months ago, he's picked and. I am for no ghost. I know, it's so cool. Who are you gonna call? And today, I think my kids at school. When someone's like, "Oh, who are you gonna call?" Kids will be like, "Ghostbusters." That's the answer to any, anyone ever asking that question. Someone will be like, oh, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yeah. Do you remember the episode <laughs> in How I Met Your Mother when Marshall thinks he needs to be a Ghostbuster because he sees the signs? So there's like a no entry sign. He's at the fire station for sale, an ambulance. And he goes, excuse me, sir, can I borrow your phone? And it's um, Winston. He turns around and goes, who are you going to call? And he's like, no. <laughs> I did want to live in that fire station for yeah. so long. Like, so cool. In Grey's Anatomy, Owen and Christina have a... F- fire station and they don't use a downstairs they only use upstairs oh, what and That's it's like weird. what are you doing oh my god so weird anyway Janine when this was in a recent episode of Grey's Anatomy just want to say that's awesome the secretary so, so. Much. <laughs> and so different yeah. from movie one to movie two it's crazy yeah oh I love the fact that yeah. she gets Rick Moranis in the second <laughs> <Yeah>. movie <laughs> and I love him in the Ghostbuster at the end and he put, he put the little pack on he runs out and they're doing they're like fighting uh, Vigo or whatever and in the thing and he's just zapping the thing and then it stops he's like yay yeah. I think when you look at it he just got the best character arc of yeah. everybody shy retiring just does the taxes but lives through a monumental cosmic event <laughs> in the first movie doesn't get scared by this and straps on the pack for the second movie and even says oh okay he's slimy he's driving the bus <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever right. Winston was great because when he says oh I'm, I don't get paid enough to do this and at the end he's like I love this job <laughs> and he's covered in marshmallow yeah it's brilliant right so Matt Machete. What did you give machete? Machete. machete. I, I'd go B plus because I really love this movie. But the distinction I make is that yeah, I would watch Ghostbusters yeah. tomorrow. Machete, I you do kind of need to be in the mood for slightly. Yeah. I find the same with like Tarantino movies too. I got to be in the yeah. mood for a Tarantino movie. What would you give? give machete. Machete. Do you know what we should do? <laughs> we should do, do like in a machete do in a couple of months time. We should do Machete Kills again. We should do Machete Kills, which is just and Ghostbusters too. Yeah, oh, like, follow them up. <laughs> do like follow a proper up. follow I up. Because yeah. yeah. cool. the, tra- the thing is, I I I really want to watch Machete Kills, but the trailer was so good for Machete Kills yeah. that I'm almost afraid to watch the movie because it won't be as good as the trailer. And I'm worried because because you're worried in a big big way. But the thing is, but it's, yeah. a, but, it's <laughs> but it's like but it's almost like that. fair. Okay. All right, yeah. But it's yeah. almost like a spoof <laughs> of a B movie, and that's yeah. what makes it so good. Is that yes, it's a B movie. But with so a could huge we have given it any cast. other grade? No. So it's like couldn't. it's so it's it's like we want to do a B movie so perfectly that we'll get super Hollywood stars, massive effects, and then make it shit on purpose. Yeah. Well, I think. But any- so it has like seventy-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Unfortunately, Machete Kills has like twenty percent. 
Yeah. So I, I think figured. it's actually bad. Yeah. Like where this is pr- like trying to be bad in a funny way. I think the other ones. That was my worry is that it's going like to almost parody itself too much. Would lose it. Yeah, yeah. It but does. everyone, anyone involved in Hollywood movie making and cinema will know the B movie era. Will know yeah. the, the the where that comes from, and so would probably be delighted to to have the chance to act yeah, in that exactly. sort of thing. So yeah, it's just it's just fun, and you know it's a B movie. So can we give it any other grade? I don't exactly. Think we I, can. Think I think that's right. <laughs> so should we? You want to wrap up there? Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for coming yeah, along. Thank, thanks for inviting me. It's been a blast. It's been awesome having you on, and just you picked great movies in a great category to talk about. And wow. You came so well prepared. You've got your notes. You had so many. I anecdotes. wrote a few things down because I was bound to forget things. <laughs> and I, look, I did. I forgot to talk about Rick Moranis more. <laughs> so I need yeah, my notes. It's that was terrible. brilliant. Thank you so much for coming out. Thank you, man. All right. So next week we're going to watch. Um, we're going to choose adventure films. Ooh. Yeah. Ah. Watch well, out for that boulder. Like our childhood, really. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So we've decided to go for Jumanji, one of my absolute favourites. The original. The original, the original Jumanji, Jumanji, yeah. And Jurassic Park, one of my favourites. Also the original. Yes. Yeah. Not the new one with What's-His-Face from Parks and Rec. I like the first new one. The second new one wasn't good. I agree. Yeah. First you, one, though. Our guest Dan is still here. What do you think? Um, I really hate the term, the, uh, the, 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 not the new, new one. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Oh my God, there's no original ideas left in Hollywood. I've just got to remake something that was only a few years ago. The first Jurassic Park is easily by far the best. Yeah. yeah and if yeah. you want a but bit of Jurassic a laugh... Jurassic World was good. Jurassic World was good. Jurassic World 2 was bad. It's bad. But um, if you want a bit of a laugh, just in between this podcast and the next, Google Tom Hiddleston impersonating a raptor. I think I've seen that. Was he oh, did it on Graham yeah, Norton or something? He did, yeah. It he is so a good. Yeah. Wonderful yeah. piece. It was good. And it just it'll have you in stitches if you remember the movie. But oh yeah, Jurassic Park. That is yeah. an, cool. I what saw an adven- that movie. What an adventure. Five. So you approve of our highly approve. I saw good. that movie five times in the cinema as well. Wow. Really? Yeah. Oh, he's made out of money, this one. Yeah, he had the Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Ghostbusters toy, you see in the cinema. Jeez. Anything for a dinosaur. Um, we don't have any focuses because they're just mad movies yeah, we're talk about the adventure and the effects and the story and stuff but you can focus on things and let us know you yeah. can go into the home I'll give you pod. I'll give you a subject to focus on for yeah. Jumanji specifically the sadness because you know he, he's never going to see his the depression <laughs> that fucks me up as a kid it is pretty harsh but no think of it this way um, Jumanji as fairy godmother the game itself mm. as something what happens to the people in both movies? They end up in a more positive and happier place than they were before the trial. Jumanji is there to help people. Hmm. That is my theory on Jumanji. Okay. I'll take Watch that Watch and see what you think. That's deep. Damn. Too deep, well, said New York is a character in Ghostbusters. Yeah, I know. It's a bit like, all right. Deep, man. <laughs> I don't think of this movies. Sorry, that's, watched, my, uh, that's my film degree coming the, through. <laughs> I just watched the ghosts run around and, and, you know, Bill Murray just saying funny shit. That's all I see out of it. Yeah. Okay. So... As always, please, please, please watch the movies that we're watching and focus on what we're focusing on. Um, if you would have picked any other adventure movies, please let us know. Yes, please go on to Instagram, Facebook, other social media platforms that we're on. We are The Home Club Pod. Uh, you can email us at thehomeclubpod at gmail.com as well. And that is it, I think. That's it. Yeah, thank thanks, Shana. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. Thank you both. See you next week. Bye. Bye.